Welcome back. We'll get to your calls in a moment. 800-859-0957, 800-859-0WJR. In the Michigan abortion law case, you know, the one where Planned Parenthood was suing Dana Nessel, the attorney general who agrees, by the way, with Planned Parenthood, and was being considered by a court of claims judge who, by the way, represented Planned Parenthood in the same attempt to overturn the Michigan law. Well, guess what? That same judge who donates to Planned Parenthood ruled in favor of Planned Parenthood to overturn, Kevin, the Michigan abortion law uh, that was established way back in 1931. Uh, she said she could be fair, and uh, she said she was. Uh, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, yeah, Tom, the entire country is looking to the Supreme Court to see if the draft that was leaked that showed the justices would overturn Roe v. Wade will become official. So states all across the country, including Michigan, are scrambling to prepare for that uh, day to come, including Michigan. Joining us now is WJR senior news analyst Chris Renwick with the latest. Hey, Chris. Good morning, fellas. The judge Tuesday issued that preliminary injunction to plan parenthood of Michigan suit that would halt the enforcement of Michigan's 1931 abortion ban, at least temporarily, should the U.S. Supreme Court overturn Roe vs. Wade. Court of Claims Judge Elizabeth Gleitcher noticed in her opinion that Planned Parenthood was likely to succeed on arguments that Forced pregnancy is a threat to a woman's constitutional right to bodily integrity and due process. Gleitcher penned, if a woman's right to bodily integrity is to have any real meaning, it must incorporate her right to make decisions about the health events that are most likely to change the course of her life, including pregnancy and childbirth. It's a notch in the wind column for now for groups like Planned Parenthood and the ACLU. Dr. Sarah Wallet is the chief medical officer for Planned Parenthood of Michigan. We filed this lawsuit on April 7th and asked the court to block this law because it is unconstitutionally vague and violates the rights to liberty, bodily integrity, equal protection, and privacy under the Michigan Constitution and state civil rights laws. Meanwhile, Attorney John Birch, who's representing uh, Life to uh, Right to Life Michigan and the Michigan Catholic Conference, says Gleitcher's ruling was issued on incomplete information and, quite frankly, was wrong in her legal conclusion. The judge engaged in an analysis without any advocacy from the other side, and she was demonstrably wrong in her legal conclusions on drawing on precedents which have absolutely no bearing on pro-life laws. Attorney, Gen- Attorney General Dana Nessel, a Democrat, said she won't appeal Gleicher's order. Nessel, of course, was named as a defendant in the case, and the ruling against her office is a victory for the millions of Michigan women fighting for their rights. Nessel has previously said she would not enforce the state's 1931 law if Roe gets overturned, which bans abortions of all kinds, except if the life of the mother is in danger. Meanwhile, the decision was made by a judge who refused to recuse herself from the case after it was reported she previously represented Planned Parenthood and frequently donates to him. The Detroit News reported back in mid-April that a a court clerk distributed a letter which said, upon receiving this assignment, Judge Gleiser asked me to notify all counsel of record that she makes yearly contributions to Planned Parenthood of Michigan, and she represented Planned Parenthood as a volunteer attorney for the ACLU from 1996 to 1997. While Judge Gleiser does not believe this warrants her recusal, and it's certain that she can sit on this case with requisite impartiality and objectivity, she believes that this letter of disclosure is appropriate. So at the time, fellas, she thought maybe she should disclose this information, but she never accused herself. And now she's ruled in flavor of Planned Parenthood. So uh, this isn't the end of the story. I assume there will be some sort of appeal. 
oh no, this is this really is just the beginning. Um, and, and and this is it just happened to be in the court of claims is where this thing started. So yes, it will be in, in the appeal. Of course, uh, the governor has her lawsuit filed uh, to the Michigan Supreme Court. Uh, and so, no, th- this is the, the very beginning. All of these groups, uh, Right to Life, obviously the Michigan Catholic Conference, uh, they're still very much in the middle of this. This is just kind of the first the first uh, stone to fall, I suppose. Well, you know, D- Dana Nessels, she essentially bowed out of this case. She didn't want to defend it. And the judge mm-hmm. knew that. The plaintiff, Planned Parenthood, knew that. So no one was defending this lawsuit. Uh, wasn't that alone reason for the judge to rule in favor of Planned Parenthood in this case? Certainly, that, that plays a huge role. And, and remember, Dana Nessel said that not only was she not going to uh, uh, uphold the law of 1931 on abortion here in Michigan, she said if, if that were to take effect, she wouldn't prosecute those people. But, but she said she wasn't going to defend the case. And she did say, well, if the legislature wants to defend the case, they have every right to do so. And the legislature decided against it as well. So it really was... There really was no uh, obstacle in the way for this judge to to make this ruling. So, no, as as Dana Nessel has come out and said, this is a huge win for for women and their reproductive rights. Uh, no, there was no real fight put up here by the state. In that 1931 law, two key components. You mentioned the first that what it makes abortion a felony unless it's done to protect the life of a pregnant person. The other is uh, it criminalizes the selling or advertising of medications that could induce an abortion. If, if Roe v. Wade, if the Supreme Court were to decide now, uh, what would where would we be in Michigan with this ruling? Would we would we still follow Ro- Roe v. Wade until uh, this worked its way through the courts? Do you think? So. Uh, y- if Roe was overturned today, it's my understanding that without this 1931 law, there would be no there would be no law outlawing abortions in the state of Michigan. So if it were to be overturned today, if Roe were to be wiped off the books and all of the the powers and decisions on abortion would be handed back to the states, uh, with this ruling today, as we stand right now at this moment, my understanding is that that law essentially would be null and void and, and wouldn't be uh, w- wouldn't be uh, able to be utilized the way that it had been previously. All right. Well, Chris Redwick, as clearly in my view, when you got the judge, the plaintiff, and the defendant all on the same team wanting this law overturned, they've they've demonstrably shown that to be the case. Why this wasn't considered a conflict of interest by the judge, I don't know. But we appreciate your reporting on it, uh, Chris Renwick, senior news analyst. Thanks, Chris. You got it, guys. All right, uh, phone calls, 800 wjr Let's take a quick one. Rob and Romulus. Hey, Rob, how are you? You're gone. How about Rod in Plymouth? <laughs> hey, good morning, guys. You know, geo-tracking or cell phone tracking, uh, that's extremely accurate tool, and it's used by law enforcement all the time. It's yeah. admissible in court. In fact, that's how, if you remember several years ago, that they uh, identified April Millsap's killer. So, um, you know, it is a proven technology that's been around for many years. So as far as the voter balloting and, and who's dropping things off, my question is, is after the very first caller, the lady, um, I had the same thoughts of her. So um, if are, are nonprofits, are they mandated to register, have a register of their voters that drop off 